Welcome to the Wellness Plus Podcast. I'm your host, Karina Rachel, and I'm joined today by Robert Gardner. He's a yoga instructor and massage therapist. You have produced a lot of videos on our channel and for wellnessplus.tv. So in this interview, I was hoping to learn a little bit more about your yoga massage course. Um, so can you maybe just tell us uh, how you became interested in yoga and massage in the first place? Um, I was a philosophy student at Louisiana State University. I was hit by a drunk driver and dealing with my own health problems related to a whiplash and temporomandibular joint dysfunction. I got into massage therapy, got into yoga, and then the process became blending, mixing, and matching elements of yoga and Thai massage together in a way that people from either category, either massage therapists or yoga teachers, were sort of confused by. Mm. But... I just kept working with it, um, kept exploring what I enjoyed and seemed most effective for pain management. Mm -hmm. And I started to see holes, I guess, in the massage therapy industry where massage therapists, when I teach classes, mm -hmm. half the class says their hands hurt. The other half says they don't make enough money. And I'm going, guys, there's a different way. But they're really stuck with um, what they've learned in core curriculum. They're not expanding beyond that for a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. So I just help them with that process. And... I don't know. Necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah. So it was actually trying to heal your own pain yeah. and other issues that led you. Did you know very much about massage or had you received massage prior to that? No, I, I worked at a health food store after dropping out of Louisiana State University. My health was so bad I had to quit school. Oh and when I worked at a health food store, a young lady named Jennifer gave me the first massage I'd ever had. I got nauseous. Uh, maybe after an hour, mm. and my muscles felt slack, um, felt like soft and open for the first time in probably years. And I knew whatever she had done helped. So mm -hmm. I just dove into massage, just like most massage therapists do. I went to massage school, mm -hmm. went through the basic training, and then I just kept studying and learning more. Wow. So you know, a lot of the people that we work with on Psyche Truth, they're massage therapists and yoga instructors. And so to me, there's a very clear kind of overlap between um, understanding the physiology, the muscles, and, you know, when it comes to trying to figure out why people are in pain and how to resolve that, to me, the obvious answers are yoga and massage. So to me, it feels very natural that you would find a way to kind of bring those two things together um, as a modality to help people out of pain. Yeah. Um, but what has the response been like um, among the massage therapists that you teach or maybe the yoga, other yoga teachers that you know? Um, so the challenge is in my experience is fundamentally there's a divide between the two communities and it's over licensure. Massage therapists have to go through in Texas, a 500 hour curriculum to be licensed. Yoga has no specific regulation or licensure in any state in the United States. Hmm. So um, I'm going in this weekend and I'm teaching a full class to a bunch of yoga teachers can they legally practice what I do is the constant ongoing, you know, debate. Mm -hmm. And I go, sure, for no money. <laughs> it's like a weird regulatory issue. Right. Um, 
it really changes over time, and I think part of what's happening is as my business continues to grow, it looks less and less unfamiliar because I've produced so much social media content with you and then also on my own channels. Mm -hmm. So I'm flooding the marketplace with clothes on, mat-based, other kinds of work that mm -hmm. make massage look different, one. Right. The second part is, if, if let's say you have 100,000 people, not all of those people are going to be your fans, but if you put out enough content, you're going to draw the 1,000 people who really like what you do, mm -hmm. and then the other 99,000 don't matter. Right. That's a little bit of the process, and there's a lot of complexity in regards to uh, marketing, branding, legalities, regulation mm -hmm. that I go into in classes and deal with every day. In the end, I have a license. What I do is legal. You know, mm -hmm. I keep my nose clean, so to speak. Right. And I just continue to go out and teach those who want it. Right. And in the end, if you're helping people out of pain, if yeah. you're helping people to, um, you know, work past whatever limitations they might have, um, the cool thing about the yoga massage course we created is that it's really designed to kind of address a lot of different concerns that are really common for people. Yeah. So obviously pain, headaches, neck pain, low back pain. I mean, these are things that pretty much all of us experience at one time or another. Um, and you've shown some really amazing um, techniques and even teaching people how to work on one another, which yeah. to me is just, um, it totally opens the box to empower people to help one another. Yeah. Like, hey, you've got a neck ache? Let me help you out with that. Um, so to the extent that you're helping people out of pain, to me, that's probably like the most important and valuable thing. Yes. Um, and then we also kind of looked at, well, how can addressing flexibility or mobility issues help you to um, exceed in your yoga practice and achieve poses that have maybe been challenging or, um, you know, even just getting the most out of the whatever yoga stretches and stuff that you do. Um, so in that respect, I think that it's such uh, an immense value um, to be offered to people. And I know that a lot of our subscribers um, are practicing yoga. Maybe they're beginners. Maybe they're more advanced. So it's really cool that this program is designed to really help you no matter where you're at. Yeah. You know, if you're just beginning and just getting started and you're struggling with things like downward dog or triangle pose or things like that, you know, we have an entire video that's just kind of dedicated to helping people to um, get better alignment in these poses or address some of the inflexibility that's making it hard to get into those things. Um, so I really see this as something that can bring a lot of benefit to um, just the average person, to yoga instructors as a way to help out their students, um, and for massage therapists to yep. learn a new way to help people. Uh, it looks very similar to Thai massage. Yeah. Um, but how would you say that yoga massage is different from traditional Thai massage? Um, so traditional Thai massage and Thai massage are two different things in my world. Okay. But um, traditional Thai massage to me is a little bit more culturally Thai. It's a little bit more theoretically Thai, like the... the the theory comes from Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. When it comes to yoga massage, essentially what I'm doing is I'm taking elements of my practice and saying, what are safe, easy, effective things that I don't care if the bulk of the world is doing on each other and with each other. Mm -hmm. The compressions are lighter. Um, if we do use compression, I typically will you know, walk you through on camera things to look out for mm -hmm. as we're working if I think anything might be dangerous. Right. So... 
Yoga massage to me is a lighter form of the work that is packaged for Westerners to make it easy to assimilate. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be 21 years old. You don't have to be in Bali taking photos for Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's something that anyone of any fitness level would typically be able to grab something from the videos we've created right. and used to be able to help themselves. Mm -hmm. What I really aspire to is packaging work in such a way that anybody feels they can do it. Yeah. Um, time massage itself, you know, can become sort of a gate in a way, um, in a sense of can they get over the gate, through the gate? You know, if you put too much trappings around it, um, yoga isn't accessible. Time massage isn't accessible. Massage, well, I have to have a license. No, no, they're, they're completely um, elements of what I do that I think are very easy to teach mm -hmm. the public. And that's mostly what we focused on in the yoga massage course. If I can give people just a little knowledge about musculoskeletal yeah. anatomy, if I can give them just a little knowledge about, hey, well, how does it feel when you move your hand this or that way? Mm -hmm. Helping them work on themselves does 10 times as much as what I can do in a session right. as far as like the progression of their life overall, because mm -hmm. they're going to be able to use that knowledge continuously, you know, as their bodies change. Right. And empowering people to, you know, not only take some responsibility for themselves, but to also feel confident and empowered that if they have a friend or loved one that's experiencing pain, which is something that pretty much all of us deal with, um, some of us on a more regular basis than others. Um, and that's really been kind of an underlying uh, intention of Psyche Truth all along is to teach people simple uh, stretches and self-care types of things they can do to help themselves, but to also teach people simple ways that they can help another person. And, you know, like you said, you know, the... Um, you know, the technical legalities of, you know, whether or not you can charge for a session doing techniques like this mm -hmm. um, is really not even applicable to probably most of the people yeah. um, that are watching because most of those people maybe aren't professional massage therapists. Uh, but all of us, you know, have friends and loved ones in our lives that, you know, whether you're, um, you know, just offering to try and help them out and, you know, relieve some pain or even say, hey, well, let's trade a little bit of body work with each other. Yeah. Um, that, you know, if we can encourage people to do more to take care of themselves and others, that is really the goal. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that just comes from empowering people with information, teaching them simple techniques that they feel confident doing. Um, and I feel like you did a really amazing job of doing that uh, with the yoga massage course. Yeah. It's a it's a mishmash and blend of some some basic alignment through some simple yoga poses just mm -hmm. for safety. And then I really always try to approach it, especially in my in initial classes, even if I'm teaching professionals. I'm just trying to make it easily accessible. Um, right. People sometimes think yoga is esoteric or time is it's Asian. It's esoteric. No, it, you know, it's like when I tell people yoga is moving and breathing with awareness, that's my <laughs> definition. Right. It's like, I can teach you that in an iron lung. Yeah. It's totally accessible. Mm -hmm. It just depends on the levels of fitness a person has, how's their health, mm -hmm. you know, how far do they want to take their practice. It, body work and massage, um, meaning yoga and massage, they're incredibly diverse practices. But right. giving people the basics just to get you know started with a basic platform, mm -hmm. 
it opens up the marketplace. It allows people to get more interested. I have no right. doubt that people are going to watch just the basics, you know, from the yoga massage course, be more interested and decide to become massage therapists. Yeah. And I think that, you know, realistically speaking, uh, there's just so uh, like you were saying, so much information and so much that people can do that's really pretty simple um, that, yeah, there's really no reason that people shouldn't start uh, kind of embracing this idea that like, hey, I can learn, you know, how to how to help other people. I can learn how to, you know, do some of these simple things um, to help myself. Uh, let's kind of maybe delve into, um, you know, kind of another intention that we had with creating the yoga massage course, which is helping people to advance their yoga practice. So we did a couple videos talking about um, flexibility and, you know, the uh, more nervous system or mental components of flexibility. Uh, which I think for anyone out there who is a little bit more advanced, um, and not just with yoga, but gymnastics, dance, ballet, all of these different types of modalities that do require a good amount of flexibility and mobility throughout the body. Um, so can you just talk a little bit about some of those I mean, like nervous system components okay. um, of flexibility that can you know, help people to kind of get past the plateau that they might be experiencing? So here's what I see. And this is where the conversation could become incredibly complex. <laughs> the basic understanding I have is that yoga in and of itself, and take this with a grain of salt, doesn't make you more flexible. What that means is, let's say I tried to do a forward bend and I'm going to lengthen my hamstrings. My hamstrings will only let me stretch to a certain point because my hamstrings will eventually go, ow, if <laughs> we stretch more than this, we're going to injure ourselves. Mm -hmm. So my nervous system is what tells those muscles to relax and contract. Mm. With practice, here's what actually happens. My understanding of the basic, just very basic research scientifically, my muscles don't become more flexible. What I'm doing is I'm training my nervous system. Mm. And my nervous system says, oh, we can totally allow our hamstrings to lengthen this degree without harming ourselves." Mm -hmm. And when you practice that day after day after day, you're training your nervous system. When a guy does weightlifting, Think about it this way. If he does weightlifting consistently, let's say he does like a bench press like to build up his pecs, mm -hmm. his pecs do in fact grow. The muscle tissue itself does respond to repeated strain and stress right. to make it easier. But he's training his nervous system to fire all of those muscle fibers mm -hmm. simultaneously to lift. It doesn't change what we actually do. It changes how we think it happens in people's bodies. Mm -hmm. and when it comes to yoga, this is one of the things that happens, and I think you'll see this in the, the yoga massage course, is I'll use um, props or bolsters or something to make essentially what's sustained skin stretch. Mm -hmm. I'm teaching people in yoga to do things to their hamstrings or to their gluteals so like they use a tennis ball, they use a foam roll, I use my knees and put them in their glutes. Those essentially are props. If you look at a Yengar yoga, Yengar was one of the first individuals to really integrate props into his yoga. Mm -hmm. He was doing the same thing. He was introducing prolonged skin stretch. He was doing soft tissue work, myofascial release, mm. teaching it to his students to work on themselves. And what, what Yengar would say was it awakens their intelligence. 
what I think he was really saying was their nervous system became more attuned to a specific area. You use a prop, put it on their tricep, mm-hmm. and they go, oh, my tricep isn't like responding to what I'm telling it to do. Mm. It's helping empower and embody the person. So essentially what I'm doing is taking elements of massage and yoga and blending them to give benefit to the person so they can work on themselves. Mm -hmm. It's not uncommon that I can take someone who does yoga. They can do a forward bend. You know, I can work on them or show them how to work on themselves, especially related to the uh, hamstrings where they insert at the ischial tuberosities right at the bottom of their tuchus there. Mm -hmm. I can show them how to work on themselves, have them work on their, that, insertion five or 10 minutes, have them stand up and go do a four bend again. And they freak out Mm -hmm. because it's almost like the top 25% of their hamstrings doesn't let go. So they're stretching through the bottom portion. But when I bring their awareness through touch skin stretch to this top area, Mm -hmm. it lengthens. And then when do the four bend, they go, wow. I, the thing is they didn't think it was possible that to me is not something new. It's not something that I created. It's exactly what a Yengar did. I guess mostly what I've been doing in my professional work is I'm taking that information and giving it to massage therapists to try to help them work on themselves, mm-hmm. work on their clients, and kind of open up the field of massage therapy. Right. For people at home, what it does is it gives you a really safe way of working on yourself. Mm-hmm. It's not just stretching it's really yoga as a practice, Hatha yoga, the physical yoga. It's helping you develop self-mastery. What I find is if somebody has pain, there's usually what I experience is some sort of movement restriction. Mm-hmm. When I press on tissue, like when I work on you in a video, normally like I'll ask for questions as I'm working on you because I'm trying to find out where is the tissue tight, where is it right. tense, where is it restricted. I could just as easily put a tennis ball in that spot along your spine and have you work on yourself. But it's also nice through touch because we are social creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in massage therapy circles, they're talking about the biopsychosocial model. You know, <laughs> apes, chimpanzees spend hours grooming each other. Mm-hmm. It reduces cortisol levels. It reduces inflammation. It induces um, calm in the nervous system. All things that you want mm-hmm. to be able to have full mobility and, and just a better life. Wow. Massage is a way of, you know, allowing people to deal with touch. All of that is just mishmashed. It's just blended into the yoga massage course just to make mm-hmm. it easy. Um, I think in this conversation, we're going into way more detail than we do as far as like the pain science is concerned. Mm-hmm. But in the end, we're just allowing people to work on each other safely. Right. And, you know, so one of the uh, shoots that we did, we actually had uh, Lucy and Lindsay. And so Lindsay's one of our uh, yoga teachers on the channel. And I remember being um, just very, very impressed with how much she really took to what you were teaching. She was completely fascinated um, to learn all of the uh, kind of you know, physiology things that you were teaching. And then this one simple thing about addressing that nervous system component that keeps our muscles from stretching to their, um, you know, full potential. Uh, And so 
I was able to kind of see, you know, as she's there and you had Lucy and Lindsay actually working on each other, teaching some of these techniques that people can do um, on friends and family to help address common problems. Um, and I could, you know, even kind of see how she could so easily take that into her yoga classes so that as she's leading a yoga class, if she notices a certain student is, you know, maybe struggling with a certain pose and she's able to even identify in her mind, you know what, I bet that there is, you know, this tension and, you know, this certain muscle or certain thing that she can even go and integrate some of this yoga massage while she's teaching. And, you know, if she had a private session with a student, well, that even, you know, is maybe even a better place. Um, I know myself personally, if I went to a yoga class and part of the yoga class was yoga massage, let's partner up with each other and just work on one another to help improve, you know, like we were talking about flexibility, mobility, relaxing the nervous system so that you can reach your full potential of flexibility and mobility. Um, I would, I would be more likely to go to that class. Um, You know, so to the extent that there is a huge benefit for yoga instructors to be able to help their students to advance in their own practice, um, now let's kind of move over into the realm of massage therapists. And one of the things that really has stood out to me um, in working with you uh, is that you really are... um, you know, highly concerned with the health of the massage therapist as they're doing the work. And you mentioned, you know, previously that a lot of the um, massage therapists that you teach, you know, that come to your classes or, you know, view your online classes, you know, they express this common occurrence that the hands get tired, the fingers get tired. We have some massage therapists that, you know, can't film videos with us anymore because they're like, my hands are just wrecked from years of doing massage. So from that perspective that you're teaching um, massage therapists how to prolong their practice, how to get more um, results, to get better results in providing pain relief to their clients, um, can you maybe just talk a little bit about how uh, this yoga massage course could be beneficial, you know, for massage therapists out there? I think that the work itself in the yoga massage course is a simple, easy way for therapists to start to think outside of the box. Mm. Um, In the videos that we shot, I believe, I think they were all mat-based. I don't think they were table-based for this one. Um, What it means is working in a different environment gives you access to your knees and your feet. Mm -hmm. Um, You're doing things... That's like a complete mishmash where it starts to take a massage therapist and open them up to yoga. And when I talk to massage therapists, I'll say, listen, guys, is yoga massage? And they'll say, absolutely not. And I'll say, I completely disagree with you. (laughs) Hatha yoga is massaging yourself from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Because you're manipulating the soft tissue. You're you're completely, but here's the thing. When I give you a massage, that's me working on you. It's passive. That's mm-hmm. where the therapists, I think, get caught. When I teach you elements of yoga massage, I'm blending so that we're not only working together, but I'm also allowing you to work on yourself. Mm-hmm. Massage therapists, on the whole, I hear numbers related to three to four years. Once they get out of school, they last three or four years. That's the average. Wow. Before massage therapists retire, I talk to students regularly. They're still in core curriculum. They don't even have a license yet, and they're already developing hand problems. 
one, I think it's unethical to teach people in a way that's going to be deleterious to their health. And then mm-hmm. two, I don't want therapists to feel like they can't continue doing things they love because they're going to hurt themselves. Mm. I have been working 16 years. I don't have any problems with my hands. Um, I'm able to work on you. I'm able to work on the other models. Therapists can use the techniques quickly, easily to integrate into their practice. Even if they work on a table, they can blend and mix and match. If the mm-hmm. crafty, looking at the yoga massage course, right. picking up bits and pieces and going, oh, okay. I see. Oh, wow. I, didn't, I never thought about, wow. It's like he's blending elements of massage with yoga itself. Like he's, he's teaching the person how to massage themselves mm-hmm. and do breathing Wow, it's it just bringing elements from what people think of as disparate fields, mm-hmm. which to me just aren't disparate. You know, right. yoga massage is the, the point at which peanut butter and chocolate get together and have a, a very <laughs> yummy dance. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I love both practices. For massage therapists, I think they get a chance not only to work on themselves, even in session, mm-hmm. but they get a chance to take the pressure off of their hands right. by using their body in unique and innovative ways. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's, you know, even though it's not a, uh, you know, specific blend of modalities, like you don't specifically, okay, so here's a technique from this, here's a technique from that. Um, it's definitely apparent in looking at the work that you do, not just in the yoga massage course, but I think you've probably made you know, maybe a hundred other massage tutorials, um, in addition to all of the work that you do on your own social media as well. Um, it's very apparent that, you know, there's almost these elements of ashiatsu as you integrate using the feet and using, um, you know, using knees and other parts of the body. You know, there's elements of myofascial release. There's elements of, you know, of course, it kind of looks the most like Thai massage. You have somebody wearing um, a comfortable outfit. Um, and certainly from the perspective that, you know, for the people that maybe don't feel comfortable being on a massage table in minimal clothing, that this is work that can be done while you're f- fully clothed. Yeah. You know, technically, this is work that can be done while you're at the office, you know? Uh, so there's a very great level of um, application. And just being able to take these things and apply it to a regular massage practice, to table work, floor work, even chair massage. What would you say is your uh, rate of success? You know, because you do uh, have massage clients that you work on in addition to all of the teaching you do. Um, what is your rate of success in helping people out of pain? So what I see in clinical practice, um, I'm very hard on myself. Um, <laughs> if I do not raise the dead like Jesus, I have failed. <laughs> and I've had to temper that over the years because you can get into a weird um, head, headset, mindset, mm-hmm. if that's your goal. Um, normally what I tell clients is if you come in and you tell me that on a pain scale, 10 hospital, zero is no pain. You tell me you're at a six. What you're having is a pretty high level of pain. Mm-hmm. It's annoying you most of your day. Um, yeah. You know, what I'm going to tell you just for reasonable outcomes is my goal in this session is to reduce that by two points. Sometimes it's greater than that. Mm-hmm. But that's my goal. If I can if I can drop your pain by two points, I'm not doing any surgeries. I'm not giving any medications. Right. 
good, great, awesome. Normally, if I can do that, I can repeat it. And then if I can repeat it, I can often show you how to work on yourself so that you stay that way. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have a much better life at a four or, or lower. That's right. much more manageable. That's somebody saying, instead of I'm in pain, I'm okay. Yeah. You know? I got a little bit of a neck ache, but sure. it's not... It's yeah. not affecting my day-to-day. -day. I teach the stuff. I have a little bit of a neck ache. <laughs> <laughs> it's a way of working on yourself, especially mm -hmm. the portion of the yoga massage course where I'm showing you how to work on yourself. It's because mm -hmm. I'm not only teaching that to massage therapists. I'm teaching it to my clients. Right. I'm teaching them how to work on themselves and saying, listen, you're, you're having tight muscles in your gluteals. We've done two sessions already. I've worked on it. I know that's what it is. You're just having a little muscle tightness. You can very easily use a tennis ball, lay down on it, watch these series of videos, mm -hmm. work on yourself, and manage it yourself. I'm always happy to continue working on you, right. but I have a fairly high success rate. What, what does fail is when somebody has another issue, which is, let's say they have Guillain-Barr syndrome. They have a virus. They have... Um, fibromyalgia. They have mm. some other neurological issues related to migraines. Right. Um, they have a bulging or herniated disc that's kind of fresh. Those things are really out of my scope. I can't really deal with them because mm -hmm. fundamentally what I do is work on soft tissue. Right. If people have tight muscles and the tight muscles are causing pain, it feels like somebody comes in and they've, they've done a curl and they're like, my arm hurts. I'm like, where? And they're like, right here. And I go, oh, okay. And I'm, my whole goal is to get them to straighten their arm and let the dumbbell go. And they're like, mm -hmm. wow. <laughs> I mean, that's essentially the basics of what I do. Mm -hmm. I, I would say about 80% plus. Um, most of the people who come into me do get relief. Let's say somebody actually did have a herniated disc. It's not uncommon that I can work on someone. They're at an eight. I can reduce them to a six. In the session that I give. Yeah. The problem is because of that herniated disc and because they're trying to compensate in some mm. instances, that person might go up but to an eight the next day easily. Right. And that's limited benefit because they might need some other interventions, either mm -hmm. medication or surgery or something to deal with that. Please pardon this brief interruption. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash psyche truth, where you can watch the video version of this episode and all of our other podcasts. You'll also gain access to over 500 videos of exclusive content, including premium courses and behind the scenes peaks. Help us keep this information free by visiting patreon.com slash psyche truth. That's P-S-Y-C-H-E-T-R-U-T-H. You know, we've made hundreds and hundreds of yoga videos, guided meditations, breathing, and, you know, there's this common, uh, you know, kind of underlying concept that you uh, access the nervous system through the breath. Mm -hmm. And so just breathing deeply and slowly signals to your nervous system to relax. So in the, you know, kind of union of yoga and massage together, once again, to me, it just feels so natural because that component of using your breath and using your movements to help relax your nervous system, signal to your nervous system that it's okay to let these muscles relax, uh, that that is very much overlapping in both. Breathing is interesting to me and I've actually read books on it from a yogic uh, perspective to try to understand why the breathing in yoga was so different than any other practice that mm -hmm. I've uh, dealt with. 
when I look at Eastern traditions specifically across martial arts and yoga, the breath is a core component mm -hmm. that is addressed again and again, um, also in meditation circles. Right. Breathing is both active and passive. I can think about my breathing and alter it, and I also, if I held my breath, I'd eventually pass out, and my body would just automatically breathe for me mm -hmm. because it's you know, relegated to a portion of our nervous system that's both active and passive. Breathing is a root physiological mechanism. Mm -hmm. Breathing becomes the handle that allows you to access other parts of your nervous system. If you do research on Wim Hof, the Iceman, um, lots of uh, yogis are said to be able to control their heart rate, uh, things mm -hmm. like that. I've done little Instagram stories where I would go and use a, a blood pressure cuff and I would do breathing exercises before and after to demonstrate how I could lower my own blood pressure. Wow. It's simple. It's easy. <laughs> You're just doing slow breathing. Mm -hmm. What happens is by controlling the breath and breathing more slowly and deepening the breath, it has a tendency physiologically to lower the heart rate and lower blood pressure. When you have lower blood pressure, you're less stressed. Mm -hmm. That's what people feel, but you know, you can actually measure those physiological, you know, mechanisms. Mm -hmm. Many people who are just having uh, stress and anxiety, a lot of people will take medication for it. And I'm totally, I guess, in favor of that if it's necessary, but doctors don't teach people breathing exercises. Right. There's a reason why yoga studios have popped up all over America. People are stressed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm -hmm. doing yoga, not only are you getting some exercise, but you're able to lower your heart rate, lower your stress levels, lower your anxiety. And it does give you a handle when you're in Austin traffic. It means that mm -hmm. I can watch my breathing, slow down, right. not be angry, not be aggressive. When people are looking at how to integrate that into their yoga practice and use the yoga massage course to promote what they're doing, sometimes I will skip over the breathing um, in the course just because it feels weird to just keep reminding people again and again and again to breathe. Mm -hmm. Typically what will happen in a yoga class is when you get into a, a pose and you find that physical pose difficult, that's the point at which I go, now breathe. Mm -hmm. And they all laugh because mm -hmm. they're like, that's hard. And I'm like, yeah, it's hard to breathe. Wow. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> because you're trying to do all these, you know, juggle all these things at once. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm trying to stretch my leg and balance and breathe and, yeah, focus on just right. one single point. I think that people can easily use what's in the yoga massage course as yoga instructors or as yoga practitioners to be able to integrate elements of essentially what's a piece, a very small component of a Yangar yoga. Mm -hmm. You're using props, for lack of a better word, both your own body and other tools to be able to help embody and bring awareness to certain areas that you're having tension in. Mm -hmm. It is not uncommon for me to work with somebody who's really an advanced yoga practitioner. And very quickly I can find an area where they're holding tension and it feels like they're stretching around it. The yoga massage course is going to help you give some very basic tools that you can search through your own body, figure out where you're holding tension and stretching around something right. and start to go into it right. and get it to release and unwind. It's going to increase your range of motion. It's going to help you deepen poses. Mm -hmm. If you're working on splits, if you're working on Virabhadrasana, you know, you're having a problem with your hips. It's going to help give you some basic tools to get started that are safe to help you mm -hmm. advance in your yoga practice. Right. And I think you touched on something really key there, which is, you know, we look at this uh, really kind of 
bursting of yoga onto the scene and into the mainstream over these last couple years. Um, and largely, you're exactly right. It's because people are just so stressed out. You know, part of, uh, you know, what has made our modern technological advances uh, so wonderful and so uh, expansive in terms of what we're now able to do on a daily basis with ease, it's also created uh, a lot more stress for us. You know, there's this kind of instant gratification that we expect now. Um, so when we're stuck in traffic or our computer isn't loading or whatever it might be, uh, we get really stressed out. And so part of what yoga, um, I think, helps you learn how to do is handle those stressful situations with ease. With and that grace. is exactly, exactly what the pose is. That is exactly what the practice is. It's a, a physical route to be able to help somebody narrow their focus. Mm -hmm. And it's like, rarely will you ask somebody, are you anxious? Unless they're on like anti-anxiety medication. They're like, no, I'm not anxious. I've never been anxious in my whole life. And it's like, <laughs> oh, okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> because they don't know any other state. Mm -hmm. When you go into a yoga class and you practice regularly, you go, oh, wow. Like I'm so much more relaxed after class. Mm -hmm. What happens is that physical practice starts to, go out into your daily life yeah, and it starts to include Austin traffic. Mm -hmm. It means that most students, what I recognize first, um, I have students who would laugh at me because um, in class, you put them in the difficult position. You tell them breathe because you know, they've stopped breathing. They're struggling and yeah, straining. You hold and your not, breath. You're yeah. like, Oh gosh. Oh. And they would tell me that they would be you know, in line at the DMV and getting stressed out, but they can feel it because they're, mm -hmm. they're normal level is a little bit lower now. They can yeah. feel themselves get stressed and they'd say they'd hear me breathe. <laughs> <laughs> hear your little inner Robert. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, that's really an embodiment of the practice. It's not mm -hmm. just when you're on your mat. The mat is just a training ground for daily life. It's like, how do you deal with your wife, your husband? It's stressful. We have do things all the time. Our boss, mm -hmm. our boss comes along. How do we deal with it? You learn to relax. You learn that, hey, me holding muscle tension doesn't help the situation at all. Mm. Me getting my higher blood pressure doesn't help the situation at all. My getting angry doesn't even help the situation. Yeah. The practice itself, what I find most interesting about yoga and even what's in the yoga massage course is I'm very physical. I always talk about the physical in the course. I'm always, you know, not being esoteric about energy. Mm -hmm. But what starts to happen is, and I always find it funny, is people eventually start to tell me, hey, the yoga is like having a weird effect on like my spiritual life or my religion. Or I'm like, what? Because <laughs> you don't hear that from Pilates always. Right. There's something about yoga, and I think it's because of the breathing. It starts to change how we relate to people. And when we talked about pain management earlier, uh, John Kabat-Zinn wrote a book called Full Catastrophe Living. And here was the basic research study that was done. They took people who had completely intractable and incurable pain and diseases. There's nothing the medical establishment can do anymore. They've exhausted every option available. Mm -hmm. And they put them through a course, and for six weeks or two months, they teach them very gentle yoga and basic meditation. And people who register like 9 out of 10 on a pain scale, mm -hmm. 
dropped to like a five. Wow. No change. No medical intervention. They have the same problem they've always had. Because it starts to change your root physiology through breathing Mm -hmm. in the yoga massage course. It's like, yeah, I'm always addressing in a very simple way that's, you know, for everyone. Mm -hmm. But long term, what starts to happen is when your adrenaline response doesn't happen, you interact and interrelate with people differently. Wow. Yeah. And I think that most of us, uh, I mean, we all know what it feels like to be stressed. I think most people out there would probably say that they have high stress levels, uh, which would be like, how much of your day are you stressed out versus how much of your day are you relaxed? Um, And so many people are spending most of their day stressed out. Uh, that, you know, taking something really simple, like, you know, how can you help someone to feel just a little bit less stress, much less if they have a significant reduction in their stress, um, because avoiding stressful situations is not a realistic thing to tell someone to do. Well, just avoid stressful situations altogether, (laughs) uh, which basically means that, what, you stay in bed all day and then you don't. You can't listen to your voicemails because they'll be calling you from work, asking where you are. That'll cause stress. Uh, So what it comes down to is how do you manage stress? How do you manage yourself in stressful situations? Um, But how do you meet that where it is and keep it from causing the chain reaction of your muscles tightening, your nervous system, you know, signaling that fight or flight adrenaline thing? Um, I think so many of us, you know, we just don't even realize how much we're in that fight or flight state, like all the time. Most people don't have a handle and a grip on it physiologically. It's why drinking and drugs and alcohol is so common mm-hmm. because it's, it's, it reduces stress and anxiety. That's what drugs do. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, uh, abuse is so bad. Having at least a simple physiological handle goes a great way. I I have conversations with yoga teachers and I go, should breathing be taught in school, like in elementary school? Mm. And they're like, what? And I'm like, it's such a core basic thing. It could be easily, even what we're teaching in the yoga massage course, we're putting it out in our own way. Mm. Why isn't that taught in school? Right. I mean, you know, and it's like we can dream eventually, maybe, (laughs) but at the same time, giving people a simple physiological handle. It's not I don't go home and have a martini at the end of the day. It's like, why not give you something you can do during the day Mm. that not only doesn't make you high. Right. And doesn't have a come down. But here's what happens. It induces clarity. So that when you do end your day, you don't feel the magnetic pull to go to the bar. Because it, you're like, well, hey, you know what? I feel if pretty If you're going to have a martini, I want you to have a martini with meditative-like focus. <laughs> That's what it amounts to. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I'm an American. I, through and through and through. I'm a Westerner. What happens with uh, breathing and meditation, I'll give you a quick example. Um, I, I've done lots of it. And when I say done lots of it, I would do things like exercises where I would focus on my breathing for weeks at a time. In all of my activities, I would mm. do as much as I could mentally. I would watch movies for hours and just sit there and breathe purposefully, Mm -hmm. deepening, lengthening, crazy breathing exercises most people have probably not explored. I eventually got to a point where I talked to a friend of mine who was a junkie in New York years ago. The heroin was so pure, you didn't have to cook it. You could just put it in water in the spoon and it would dissolve. And I'd say, hey, Kate, when you shot up, 
did, did everything, was everything completely clear? And she's like, yeah, she's like, it's the one thing. It's like so hard to explain to people who've never like had a, a dope problem. She's like, all of the stuff in your life was distant somehow mm. you were, you had, you could look at the worst things in the world and be completely okay with it. You had like a steadfast glare, you know, towards death and it didn't bother you. It didn't shake you up. The reason I could ask her that is because I had experienced something physiologically that was similar. When you shoot heroin or do opiates, what does it do? It lowers blood pressure to my knowledge. It lowers stress levels. It lowers a fight or flight response, right? Mm -hmm. Meditation and the breathing involved does the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. Physiologically, it's not, ex it's not exactly the same. It's stimulating probably different areas of the brain. I don't have much research on it. But the reason I could ask her that is because I was manually going, I was hacking my own nervous system mm -hmm. using breathing. Now, we briefly touch on in the yoga massage course, maybe just mentioning breath. Right. What I don't do is just go into extreme minutiae, you know, detail, because mm -hmm. then I start to sound like Rajneesh or Osho, because <laughs> it's like, you know, are you a cult leader or are you teaching us massage? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but um, you're inducing certain things physiologically mm -hmm. that you get to sample. And that's what breathing does. That's what the yoga practice does. It's allowing you to massage yourself. It's allowing you to massage yourself from the inside out. Breathing is a root physiological mechanism that allows people to do things to their nervous system that scientifically we thought were impossible. If you don't believe me, go do research on Wim Hof. He's broken world records. He submerges himself in ice baths. He swims underwater for amounts of time that they thought were impossible. Mm. And it's like he's doing doing things with his breathing to hack his own nervous system. Wow. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, when we do our, uh, our interview on pain management and the science of pain, you know, this, this topic's definitely going to come up again. Um, and it's interesting, you know, we filmed so many yoga videos and almost all of them, you know, they begin by having you focus on your breath. Um, and, I think for people that are looking at it from the outside, you're a little bit like, focus on my breath. What the heck? Uh, it's kind of a proof is in the pudding kind of a mm -hmm. thing. Like until you experience it for yourself yeah. and you go like, wow, this like slow, deep breathing is actually yeah. having all these effects on me. It's a little hard to, to look at it and understand. Yeah. Um, but hearing you as a massage therapist, as a yoga teacher, as someone who's worked with lots of people, with that pain scale somewhere between five and 10 and seeing that, you know, um, between, uh, the actual massage work and the breathing and kind of all like these hacking the nervous system kind of thing, you're able to have those results. I mean, that is like, to me, all that really matters, right? I mean, if you can experience, uh, the, you know, alleviating of pain in your mm -hmm. situation, then, like, heck, if all you have to do is breathe deeply. Yeah. Can you improve quality of life? That's all it is to me. Mm -hmm. It's like, it doesn't mean you never have pain. It means, can you manage it better? Right. It doesn't mean you don't ever have stress. It means, do we give you a, a root mechanism to be able to manage stress? Mm -hmm. I think those are good things. They're worthwhile goals. And anyone can use them regardless of their level of education or training. Right. Simple. doesn't cause any harm. Teaching people to breathe deeply. Mm -hmm. 
<sighs> it doesn't cost anything. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a a reason they are made that the medical establishment isn't promoting it so much because how do you make money off of teaching breathing exercises, right? right? But at the same time, what is it worth to have increased levels of happiness, less stress, less mm-hmm. pain? Really, that's why I've continued to work with you guys. It's why I've continued all of my work. It's like the fundamental goal was just in some form to help people have happier, healthier lives. Mm-hmm. I think you definitely have succeeded in that regard. Um, I think the biggest thing is, you know, people just being able to, uh, you know, think outside the box to maybe you know, be open to accepting something that doesn't fit in to the typical thing that they always believed, which is that you need to have, um, you know, very uh, intense, potentially addictive and potentially toxic drugs in order to reduce pain. Or that, um, you know, so many people out there, I've heard so many people say this, well, I'm not flexible enough to do yoga. Yeah. Oh, I can't do yoga. I'm not flexible. I'm inflexible. We, we hear this over and over and over again. Um, and I think it's just a great example of one of those kind of mental perceptions yeah. that is super common, but then it serves as a, as a limiter to what those people will even be open to trying or open to doing. Um, and any of the yoga instructors that I've, I've told that little story to, they go, well, that's why you do yoga. That's <laughs> you know, why you I'm do not yoga. <laughs> um, and no, none of the yoga teachers, you know, started out with ultimate flexibility. You know, they got there through the practice. Um, and again, coming to that, back to that concept of our instant gratification society, I think maybe part of the, um, you know, part of that, you know, blinders that people keep on um, is just because they want the instant gratification. They don't want results that have to come from them doing five minutes of breathing or I don't want to have to do yoga every day in order well, to get more I mean, flexible. The yoga itself generates benefit almost immediately. Mm. It almost, almost is instant gratification. Um, even when we go through drive through, how long does it take? 10 minutes, 15 minutes? I guess it probably depends yeah, on where If you all go. you did as an American was like every time you go to the drive-thru, from the time you put in your order to the time you get your food, do breathing exercises. It improves your quality of life and you're more calm by the time you get there to order your Mountain Dew. What do you mean you're giving me Pepsi? <laughs> <laughs> um, so the girl who got really upset that they were out of Chicken McNuggets, yeah. if she had been doing some breathing exercises, maybe she <laughs> wouldn't have become... A YouTube meme. Uh, she was on methamphetamine, though, right? But like, I, I don't know yeah, but then, about it. But. If, if it was probably methamphetamine or some sort of stimulant drug, which means heart rate goes up, mm. anxiety, you know, whatever, fight or flight stuff goes up. It's like all of the stuff that we're talking about goes pushes people the opposite direction. Right. We have enough that's making our you know fight or flight response go haywire. How mm-hmm. often are we attacked by a bear in the United States? Mm, not often. That's when you need fight or flight. You have to fight or run away. Mm-hmm. Our fight or flight mechanisms are going haywire mm-hmm. because of Fox News, because of whatever it is we see on TV or whatever else. Mm-hmm. What we're trying to do is essentially when it comes to instant gratification, it's very quick. Once you learn how to master those things, you can do it much more rapidly. Master meditators, people who do this for 20, 30 years, 
they can do things to their own brain, to their own nervous system and physiological states that they've studied through MRIs and scans that they're trying to understand, but it took years to develop that level of control. Mm -hmm. For most people, I've had people in complete shock that in 15 minutes I could run them through yoga in a chair and they would feel so radically different afterwards. Mm. They're like, I, man, I thought hippie was like for people who ate granola and, you know, or yeah. 21 or whatever they think it is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, yoga is harnessing breath. It is a root physiological mechanism. And in the yoga massage course, I'm just giving you a basic brief sample to hopefully get people started. Mm -hmm. A lot of the opposition I get from people to yoga either comes from some sort of spiritual stance where they feel like, well, I'm Christian and I can't do yoga. And I was like, listen, Jesus spent 40 days and nights in the desert not eating. Do you think he breathed while he was there? Yeah, what level of of meditation is, and, and this, focus this was he? This no cultural borders. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is physiology. Right. This is science. Mm-hmm. This stuff can be studied in research. That's essentially both in yoga and massage what I'm doing is I'm also looking at pain science. The reason I talk about Wim Hof is like they've done research studies to try to understand exactly what he's doing to his body and why he's able to do these almost heroic feats that he's mm. in the Guinness Book of World Records for. Part of that reason is training and part of the reason is breathing. Even at its basic level, if I can get somebody to do five or ten minutes of breathing exercises, the quality of life improves. Mm -hmm. The starting point is the yoga massage course, just because Mm -hmm. we're making it easily available, you know, via Amazon for people to be able to access these things. Mm -hmm. So much of it is fundamentally rudimentary. It doesn't belong to any culture. It doesn't belong to any specific people. Right. It's really rooted in our own biology. Mm-hmm. And the only prerequisite to do it is like, uh, do you have a body? Yeah. Can you <laughs> breathe? Are you still breathing? Are you okay, breathing? Good. Are you breathing yeah. now? Because when you stop breathing completely, that's a problem. Yeah. That's the only time that you're disqualified <laughs> from uh, from the potential benefits of this. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, yeah, you know, kind of to... You know, in conclusion, I just I really hope that people, um, you know, if they are feeling uh, that apprehension to open themselves up to something new, that they'll just maybe let their guard down a little bit, be open to um, a very simple way to approach what we think are really difficult problems. You know, um, especially for those people that do experience, you know, intense back pain or intense headaches. I mean, those things do interrupt your life. You know, not only are they going to probably affect your relationships with people, you know, your, how effective you are at work. I mean, it just makes you miserable. I hope that you're enjoying this episode of the Wellness Plus podcast brought to you by wellnessplus.tv a subscription service empowering you with everything you need to take control of your health. Sign up for your free trial today to watch the video version of this episode and all our other podcasts. You'll also gain access to our extensive library, including tons of follow-along yoga and fitness courses, massage tutorials, ASMR, guided meditations, educational health videos, and much more. Feel better, Look better and live better today with wellnessplus.tv. Um, so I just hope that uh, for those people out there that are living with pain or living with 
uh, just constant levels of stress, um, that they'll just kind of open up to another possibility, another approach. Because like you said, this is the easiest, least invasive, completely free, <laughs> um, you know, uh, approach to, you know, finding a solution for something that so many people have just kind of relegated to, oh, I'm just going to live with this. I'm just going to live with back pain my whole life. I just got to deal with it's this. It's so, yeah, it's, it's so my heart resonance when you say that, like, I'm just crestfallen. And I, I think maybe that's something good to be able to address, you know, in audio form uh, when we're discussing this. So much of what people deal with is just, it's manageable. Pain management is a word for a reason. It's not about being on Oxycontin and making all the pain go away. It's impossible. There, there, is no, there is no way to do that that we know of scientifically so far. It's about managing your stress levels and your pain levels. People are completely floored when they get a session with me. They, they, they're like, I have basically they're saying, I didn't know life could be like this. Mm. And listen, if I can do that in a single, you know, three hour session, I call a reboot. Imagine what you can do over the course of your lifetime. If you teach the person to work on themselves and they yeah. actually do it. Yeah. What I, what I can't um, stress enough is like, yeah, it's like, it helps you out of pain, but what happens when pain is gone? You have mental clarity. Yeah. You're sitting at your desk, you're sitting there, you have back pain, you're trying to do your accounting, answer those emails. What is it like when you, you do a body scan, you scan yourself from the bottoms of the feet to the top of your head and you feel no resistance to movement? You feel no pain, you feel no discomfort, you're mm. not stressed. The emails you respond to are gonna be written differently. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm saying about it affecting people's spiritual lives. Mm -hmm. It starts to change their relationships and how they interact with other people. Right. Yeah. It's like a domino effect, you know, and for those people who have uh, just kind of accepted that they're going to always be in pain or always have this issue. Um, you're right. It's like a domino impact of all of these different uh, aspects of the life that are going to be affected you know, by coming in and saying, all right, well, actually there is something that we can do about that pain. There's something that you can do that doesn't cost you a penny that can provide you this huge amount of relief. Um, you know, and like you said, and we're kind of in the world of, uh, you know, there's a pill for that. Um, and in that thinking, um, people are maybe just close-minded to this idea that there's things that you can do that don't involve a prescription drug or that don't involve a major surgery or something like that. Um, but I just really feel that, uh, you know, this information is something that, you know, can not only provide so much benefit to you, but as you become a healthier, happier person, suddenly all of these other aspects of your life are affected. And then if you pass that information mm -hmm. on to someone else or onto your kids or whatever, I mean, I just think about all the times, you know, throughout school and high school and especially college, you know, where I just spent such an extraordinary, uh, sorry, extraordinary amount of time so stressed, so freaked out, so worried. And, you know, if somebody would have just come to me and said like, Hey, Karina, just relax, take some deep breaths. I mean, my whole life uh, <laughs> could have yeah. been changed. Um, so I just feel like, you know, there's no reason that people shouldn't 
try this out for themselves, shouldn't at least give it a shot, um, except for those little blinders or whatever that they might have on. So if we can just encourage people to open up their mind to the possibility of all of these wonderful things that lie before them, um, then we can have such a powerful impact. Um, that's, that's why we're here doing what we're doing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else that you want to say about the yoga I, massage I really thing? think that the combination of yoga and massage, I jokingly considered it, you know, the combination of peanut butter and chocolate. <laughs> um, for me, when I started studying, they were different disciplines. And I very quickly went, wait, no, this is the same. These are two sides of the same coin. Mm. It was that one was active and the other was passive. And then I kept looking at it and going, well, why don't we use both? Why don't you combine them together to develop like a dual practice? Mm-hmm. Thus, yoga massage. Yeah. <laughs> you, you put them together and I think you have a more complete practice. Mm-hmm. You have something that's more sustainable for massage therapists. It gives yoga teachers or yoga practitioners more tools to be able to bring awareness to different parts of their body. Mm-hmm. One of the things I've noticed in my yoga class is I'll say things and not always clue into the fact that people receive it differently. And I'd, um, I'd have you go into a yoga pose, like triangle pose, and I'd say, Karina, breathe into your legs. And I'd, I'd do that for class after class, and finally a student would pipe up like you and go, um, I'm confused. My lungs are in my chest. Like, how do I breathe into my legs? <laughs> and what I'm saying is, I want you to bring your conscious focus to your legs. I want you to feel your legs. And now I want you to breathe very deeply. And they go, oh, wow. Like, I feel a difference in the elasticity Mm-hmm. in the texture, in the tone, the tonus of my leg muscles. And I go, yeah, now work with that. Mm-hmm. That's something challenging for people to do if they've never thought about that. Mm-hmm. But you're harnessing basic physiological mechanisms, breath and touch, in an active and a passive way to be able to really cross those streams. Mm -hmm. Um, You're able to, as a massage therapist, blend elements of yoga to think about um, posture, to think about joints and how you're stacking joints to be able to deliver pressure to a client. You're also, as a yoga teacher, being able to think about skin, touch, you're being able to engender, I think, deeper relationships and connections with your students because yeah. hands-on assists are considered like a high art um, in yoga classes. Mm-hmm. Many yoga teachers, I think, initially are afraid of them because they think their uh, rapid movements are like pulling people into a certain position. What I tell people is it's more about bringing someone's awareness. It's not yeah. about taking their arm and forcing them into position. It's about having their arm and triangle. And the thing is, they're thinking about their legs. They're thinking about their core. They're thinking about their spine. They're not thinking about where their elbow is. Mm -hmm. They're not thinking about the space in their wrist. Like, do they have the hand like this? Do they have their hand like this? And what I do is come along and go, what about right here off the fingers? Mm -hmm. That little bit of touch in a class, it Mm -hmm. makes a yoga teacher a rock star. Yeah. Because you're helping the student with their sense of awareness. And part of what happens with touch, how, how do you feel about your hairdresser? Um, actually, <laughs> I haven't got 
gotten my hair done in a while, but I <laughs> love having my hair played with. Aha. <laughs> See? And the thing is, it's touch. Mm-hmm. You know, it's massage. It's touch. We have a biological, the biopsychosocial model, like in massage and body work, we have a biological response to touch itself. Mm. Um, one of my most memorable um, sessions I've ever given a massage is when I massaged my grandmother for the first time. She was 72 years old. She had fallen arches. She had chronic pain. Mm. And she was grumpy. My entire life she was grumpy. Now, I had no idea as a kid she was in pain. Mm. But when I got out of massage school and gave her a massage for the first time, my grandmother became joyous. My grandmother became talkative. Uh-huh. And I was like, man, what is wrong with grandma? But her husband was deceased. She didn't get any touch. Mm. And she completely opened up because her grandson is, you know, working on her. Mm-hmm. That sort of connection, uh, my grandmother's now deceased, that is like a cherished memory because yeah. I was able to give that to her. That comes along with, you know, and we're joking about the yoga massage course. It's like that's really the fundamentals of what I'm trying to give people. Mm-hmm. Everything that I've learned over the course of 16 years for chronic pain management that deals with the biopsychosocial model, that deals with pain science, that deals with yoga massage, time massage, and the blend in my practice, this is just the foundation. I'm just getting mm-hmm. people started to give them basic stuff they can use at home to help themselves. Right. I'm very much into empowering people. Mm-hmm. I don't like creating a revolving door practice. Um, a lot of massage therapists I talk to, they, they feel like, well, if people improve, then they're not going to come see me as a client. And I think they've got it completely backwards. I think that, you know, Lindsay, who lives in London, who writes me comments from the Psyche Truth channel, you know, <laughs> is like she's basically excited to get a session from me mm-hmm. when I come visit. Like you're opening up. Um, people by giving them basic, easy-to-use information that Mm -hmm. anyone can integrate regardless of their health level. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's something to be said about that. And, you know, thanks to the powers of social media, audio, and video production that we have now in 2018, we're able to put out information that can give people value. Mm -hmm. And, in fact, my entire business is built off of that. If I can't give you value through free stuff, you're not going to pay. I think think the massage therapists, when I talk to those select few, I think they have it completely backwards. Right. Right. And I think that, you know, as you were um, kind of going into that example of triangle pose and kind of talking about the position of the hands and, uh, you know, it just kind of reminded me that, um, you know, so much of the work that you've shown, you know, involves, uh, like you said, people just growing their awareness of the body. So sometimes, like I know we've done uh, videos kind of talking about carpal tunnel and stuff like that. And so you'll kind of be holding a muscle in the forearm and go, all right, type your fingers. All right, move your mouse around, Mm -hmm. make this little action, you know, all right, you know, whatever it is. And just that simple component of me noticing like, oh, wow, that movement totally comes from this muscle, like way up in my forearm or even the upper arm sometimes, you know, it gives you such a better understanding of yourself. And now I will work on that little muscle in my forearm. Um, and it, and it's just kind of a great example of how, like, I feel so empowered now to 
be able to do something to help myself out. When I'm feeling that pain coming on, it's not like, oh man, I got to go schedule a session. I got to go do this. It's like, oh, you know what? I know that if I breathe deeply and hold this little spot and move through the different, you know, mobilities of my wrist, that I'm going to be able to help myself feel better. And then what am I going to do? I'm going to get back to work. I'm going to stay at work another couple hours. Um, Hmm. uh, So it's just really... You know, it's just, to me, that's a very uh, real kind of like personal example for myself of how I was able to take that um, just very simple awareness of a muscle. I don't even know what it's called or anything like that, but just the awareness of, you know, how these things are connected and where this movement comes from. Um, And just in this one simple example of myself and while I'm typing and when my wrists start getting tired, you know, to be able to take that concept and apply it to, you know, why is my low back hurting? Why is this hurting? What, you know, what can I do for my feet after I've been on my feet all day and they're hurting all the way up my leg? And you're teaching people simple, real life solutions that they can use um, to help themselves out of pain. And then from that perspective of helping somebody to achieve a yoga pose that they mm-hmm. haven't been able to, or, or just feel more comfortable in a yoga pose yeah. that maybe felt challenging before, um, how powerful that is and how much there's, impact. There's so many layers. And I always approach this as an American. I bring this stuff up in, in classes. You know, when you, when you go to a party, do you find people attractive when they're more stressed? <laughs> um, I would have to say no. Okay. Stressed out people, I, you know, if and, you can here's see the thing, that someone's like we don't, stressed. We don't sell the yoga massage course from the stance of, like, let's make you more sexy. But it's like <laughs> I, can, I can work with a group of guys and say, listen, I can essentially teach you yoga to make you more appealing to the opposite sex. I can teach you yoga to make you better in bed. <laughs> I can teach you yoga to make you a better conversationalist. I can teach you yoga to do what yoga is supposed to do, which is give you a better life. Now, if I channel it through Western, you know, cultural paradigm, of like what we actually want, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you're selling to people's, in some cases, almost like baser desires. Who doesn't want to be more attractive? Everybody right. wants to be more attractive, right? <laughs> but it's not necessarily what people were intending when yoga was sort of created. When right. as yoga developed, it was more of a spiritual practice out of Hinduism. But the physiological component Right. Mm-hmm. So um, just to give you an example, and I think these things are really interesting. Um, when people have uh, increased symmetry, when they give people uh, photos of people's faces, they will do um, things where they will take photos. They will show photos of people and they'll show them hundreds and hundreds of photos and they'll rate them on a scale of what they find mo- more attractive. Mm-hmm. They'll take a photo and take half the photo and duplicate the second side to make them completely symmetrical. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now they don't tell them they're doing this. They're just doing a a study. They will consistently rate people who are more symmetrical as more attractive. Well, guess what increases symmetry? Uh, Yoga. Bilateral (laughs) symmetry. Yoga. (laughs) And the thing is, it's like even across species, when they look at butterflies, butterflies who are more symmetrical are more likely to breed, have offspring, and increase symmetry. That's shown it's shown across species, not only in humans. That sort of thing is something that, and I I think it's hilarious that we're promoting the yoga massage course through that, but it's like fundamentally, that's what I'm trying to get people to understand. Mm -hmm. You know, when I'm teaching somebody how to touch, 
and I, I do this all the time in my time massage jam or the time massage courses I teach. I'm like, listen, you know, I'll go to a party. A young lady will find out I'm a massage therapist. She'll ask me to work on them. I'll go, okay. And inevitably I look over and there's a guy giving me the evil eye. <laughs> he's jealous. <laughs> exactly. He's like, man, that's horrible. He's got a way in. He's, he's licensed, you know. And inevitably what I'll do is I don't want to work on her forever because I don't want to work on when I'm at a party. Right. <laughs> I work on her for just a minute to establish what's going on. And I'll grab that specific guy and go, hey, come here. Let me show you how to do this. Because what he's, not, what he's saying is I think I understand his problem more succinctly than he does. He has a problem not with finding a partner and some sort of romantic connection. He has a problem with touch itself. Mm. How much touch do men receive in America? Not very much. None. Almost none. Unless it's fighting or, you know, wrestling or, or something. Maybe like having your suit yeah. tailored. M- MMA, you know, or whatever. <laughs> Football. I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, it's like we have problems with connection and intimacy. Mm-hmm. That, even the yoga massage course, is a, is a foundational piece of, like, helping people connect. Mm-hmm. When I show guys how to do basic stuff on women, you know, it's like to address, like, shoulder pain, tension, you know, feel good chemicals are released in your brain. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it, there's so many like it goes into so many different factors and layers of like what the American marketplace is looking for. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't want to be more sexy? Mm-hmm. Who doesn't want to be more calm? Who doesn't want to be more confident? Who right. doesn't want to be more well spoken, thought of well? Mm-hmm. Yoga and teaching it, you know, even though we're giving just the basics in the course. It's really setting a foundation where a person can develop depth, depth in their practice. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, one of the, uh, you know, kind of unspoken benefits of yoga, um, and maybe not just one, you know, people maybe don't necessarily realize how that domino effect is going to play out. That when you start to reduce your stress levels and improve how you handle stressful situations. When you start to, um, you know, move the body, work on the body, and like you said, things like increasing symmetry or whatever, um, that suddenly that's going to have all of these unexpected benefits and effects um, that, you know, people who do yoga know that. Mm -hmm. And all of the people out there who are like, "Eh, I don't know, that's weird. That looks funny. I'm not flexible enough for yoga. They're just missing out. Well, when it comes to guys, and I I speak from a male perspective because I am male, um, I tell guys this all the time. If they come in and get a session with me, um, inevitably it'll come up, they'll say that, um, you know, just in in conversation based on whatever they're dealing with, you know, Mm -hmm. do they have a wife, do they have kids, are they single? And I'll tell them because I'm helping them with their flexibility. I'm helping them with pain. I'll often recommend yoga. If I find out they're single, I'm like, listen, you need to run to the local yoga studio. The proportion of women to men in yoga classes <laughs> is about like 20 to 1. Right. It's like you are a token male around 19 potential <laughs> women who are just dying to meet a guy who does yoga regularly. It's like, that's the, the golden cow almost, you know, mm-hmm. the, the thing you're looking for as a female yoga aficionado. It's hard to find guys because there aren't as many males statistically, mm-hmm. you know, doing yoga. Now I wouldn't recommend doing yoga just because you want to hook up, but at the same time, 
people who you know are into a specific um, activity like people who are also into that activity you know who doesn't like people who are more relaxed more more calm you know those sort of things we mentioned yeah right Um, Robert I want to thank you so much for sharing all of this with us and I really look forward to delving into um, the pain science I think is um, such an important thing. The number of people that are just living with pain is alarming. So I'm really looking forward to uh, delving into the pain science topic a little bit. I also want to talk more about your reboot, Mm -hmm. uh, the type of massage sessions that you provide. I think that's just incredibly fascinating. So I'm Really excited for all of our future interviews, and I just want to thank you so much for being here with us on the Wellness Plus podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure. I want to thank all of you for watching. I hope that you will check out the Yoga Massage course. It is available on Amazon Prime Video and wellnessplus.tv. Robert Gardner also has his own line of uh, massage tutorials and a lot of different social media content out there for you. So if you are a massage therapist, I encourage you uh, to visit Robert Gardner Wellness and learn more about him. You can even take a class if you're here in Austin, Texas. Hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you again soon. Please pardon this brief interruption. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash psychetruth, where you can watch the video version of this episode and all of our other podcasts. You'll also gain access to over 500 videos of exclusive content, including premium courses and behind-the-scenes peeks. Help us keep this information free by visiting patreon.com slash psychetruth. That's P-S-Y. C-H-E-T-R-U-T-H.